This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast. That the official podcast, I can talk, of Project Sanctus, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. I am Reverend Ogan Holder, here with my partner in crime consciousness co-creation, Reverend Kelly. How goes it, Reverend Kelly? TGI Tuesday. TGIT? Yeah. T-get. It's busy. Life is busy. It's good and life is busy. It's one year ago, exactly one year ago, that I... Uh, in an accident, I totally destroyed my left knee, and uh, and it. I've called it my year of destruction because of the domino effect. You know, okay. so it's like emotionally, financially, physically, relationships. Like, just pick something, and it was crumbling around me. And you know, uh, if the, I've learned nothing out of the, you know, the tribulations in life, it's that life finds a way. So life, life of, indeed does. Yeah, so it's good today. There's lots of busy. There's always great joy and other sad things, and it's a good day. All right, um, and it is a good day for headlines with our listeners around the world. Um, we are listened to in over 24 countries, including the U.S. and A. Um, and most of the U.S. and A. And we are. Um, on the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, you can check us out. Our handles at Get Our Holy On, and you can leave some comments, some questions, some queries. You can watch this broadcast live, generally Tuesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern. We're actually doing it on on the right day and time today. Somebody mark their calendar. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, I don't know why we keep telling people that, but um, you know, you know it's where to fun. find us. And again, the video is always the video is always there. Um, and if you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can reach us at 413-438-4649 or 413-GET-HOLY. What do we got coming up in Project Sanctus? We have uh, our affinity groups um, on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Um, we come together online at Project Sanctus at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and uh, 7.30 to 9 Eastern. And you can, um, the first Wednesday is a, our communal group. 
Um, and then the third Wednesday is uh, our affinity groups where we divide into two groups and I facilitate those that identify as white and Ogan facilitates the group for everyone else. Um, and that's on the third Wednesday. So you can go to projectsanctus.com and uh, register there so you can get the Zoom link and you're always welcome to join at any time. It's not like you have to start a specific time and go a certain number of times. Uh, we are always open. Also, um, we are always also always open to donations to keep the train running. There's a lot of work that we do behind the scenes, a lot of time we spend in, in research and teaching and preparing and writing. And so you can go to projectsanctus.com and donate um, because we are always open to receive. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, on today's headlines, we're calling this episode, we're calling this episode, The Hat Signal and other headlines. And if you're wondering why, why? <laughs> why we're calling this the hat signal, then you may not have heard about what went down on a river dock in Montgomery, Alabama. So just a quick recap. Um, a few days ago, let me make sure, you know, I want to, now that, now that we pride ourselves on accurate news reporting. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You see, what had happened was a few days ago, uh this this pontoon boat with uh let's just say some fair fair skinned uh occupants docked at you know on a little uh, jetty there and the black employee who worked at at the the jetty um uh at the dock asked them to could you please move your boat because there's like a full riverboat that needs to dock and you guys are in this tiny pontoon boat can you just like you know move over or whatever so that they could dock not only did they refuse but then two or three of them decided to start attacking the riverboat uh staff member uh the sorry the dock worker who was black so to recap we got a few white I will assume inebriated, but um, that has not been disclosed, so I don't want to make assumptions, but they were white. And there's one black dock worker, and they decided after, I guess, the argument about moving the boat escalated, decided they're going to start beating on this man. He was initially outnumbered, if you watch the video, like four to one. And we call yeah. it the we call it the hat signal because at some point, right before the fists start flying, he threw his hat up into the air, his black cap. He threw it up in the air, the fighting started, and then within like a few minutes or a couple of blows in, a whole swarm of black people showed up and showed out and decided to teach these white folk, uh, give them a taste of their own medicine. Now, yep. we have to say officially at Project Sanctus, we do not condone acts of violence. This is where Kelly says, no, we don't. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right. right. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly. You heard it from both of us. And there's although, only two of us. Uh, although, a little no, caveat. Although, yes, no caveats, have, no violence. Little, What's your no, caveat? of course I don't. Of course. I mean, in all seriousness, I don't support violence. And I do support someone defending themselves. There's that. There's the, okay, so that's that's the one caveat. We will, we will allow self-defense, self-defense, which arguably 
this is what was. They're calling yeah. it a new holiday in Montgomery, Alabama. They call it the fuck around and find out day. Now, it was the, listen, again, this was horrific. All right. It was horrific that this duck book worker got attacked by these people for just a simple request. It is horrific that it turned out into this massive melee and there were lots of arrests made. It doesn't appear that anyone was seriously harmed, but that may not have been the case. All the things. However, <laughs> however, the memes, Black Twitter showed up. And even though it's not called Twitter anymore, it's now called X, whatever nonsense Elon Musk is doing with it. The memes that were created, the Black community had a field day, field day with the hilarity on this. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Why should we be laughing at this act of census violence? Here's the thing you need to understand. This is this. I'm, I'm speaking to all the non-black folk on the call, who are listening on the call on the podcast. We're listening to the podcast. Well, the white folk, because the brown folk get this too. But uh, the white folk, listen. You have to understand that the generational hurt and pain that has come from years and years and years and years and decades and decades and centuries, centuries of violence wrought on black people. Not just violence wrought on black people, but violence that has been televised, violence that has been splashed on the front page of papers, violence that, let's not forget during the Jim Crow era, violence that was made into postcards. Yes, in case you didn't know this, and, lynchings. And, and not just postcards, but but sell tickets to come watch the lynching. Sell tickets to come watch the lynching. So, 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 yes. Televised, advertised, visualized violence against Black people um, has been a hallmark of of white supremacy in the States for quite some time. So it's understandable um, that the Black community takes some great delight in seeing what was initially an act of white hubris, white violence, white arrogance turn on them and the beautiful thing was all the black folk who came to the stock workers aid they didn't know him they were complete strangers they saw one of their own being attacked brutalized being outnumbered and they came to his aid and again we don't condone violence but this was this was truly a matter of self-defense this was truly a matter of it didn't need to get to this if if that whole idea we and we've we've talked about this we've taught about this about about the the entitlement the entitlement of some yeah. some white bodies to take up any space that they deem is theirs yep. and they were just uh, these uh it just these white men falling in line with history and and they were a little bit inconvenienced so let's do what we've always done in this country which is um, brutalize a black person because you're in exactly. my way. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Other interesting notes. Montgomery, Alabama, one of the one of the biggest slave auction trading cities. In fact, um, I saw this online. Um, that that area there uh, by the docks used to be a slave auction block, which is where uh, slaves were sold um and shipped off the plantations after they arrived on the boat they were put on the block um the auction block and the white 
plantation owners or overseers would come and buy them by human beings. And yeah, so it's an interesting bit of historical turnaround. Again, we don't condone violence. And the memes were great. The nicknames for the event were were beautiful. We got Riverfront WrestleMania. The, as I mentioned before, the Fuck Around and Find Out Day, the new official holiday of uh, Montgomery, Alabama. We got the, I, we got I the almost, hat. I almost think I'm, I think I'm like not supposed to laugh. Because I'm listen, a white body. Like, listen. Like I have this thing. I don't know. Listen, you laugh if you want. Uh, we, got, we got the hat signal, which I thought was just the best. Um, we got uh, somebody, somebody uh, made a shout out to Jason Aldean. The, the for that horrible country sound come, come try this oh. in a small like come, they were like try try what in a small town <laughs> or or say less uh um one of my one of my favorites was um in a boat across on an, a, a dock across from what was happening uh this young man this young black man seeing what was happening wanted to go help and he took the most direct route he jumped in the water and swam over and like so like there's an instagram post showing him just like hitting the water hard, trying to swim over, getting out to help. He has been nicknamed uh, Scuba Gooden Jr., which is my all-time favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, uh, another one, uh, Cedrus Elba, uh, Swimzel uh, Washington. <laughs> they come, well, they, and the, if, oh if you see any of the video, the, the three white men don't have shirts on, but as you watch, you can see that they clearly, they've been out in the sun because their backs are just red. So oh, one yeah. of them has been dubbed Lobster Larry. Lobster Larry, exactly. Uh, yeah. Folding chairs, uh, as you see, a la WrestleMania uh, were, 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 were brought out as well. Um, it was, it was, um, yeah. It was it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Um, and yeah, this is this is this is where we are. This is where we are. The the entitlement um, still exists. And yep. this is what it this is what it leads to. Um, so if you are wondering if you're on the Internet again, talking to your white bodies and you see us black folk uh, having a good time with this, you got to understand sometimes our only reaction to just, you know, something that triggers the deepest of generational pain is we got to find humor in it because humor is what humor is what kept people alive a lot of times humor is what allowed uh black bodies to just endure the weight yeah. of generational trauma and 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 suffering um and and this is and this is what and this is what you're seeing this is what you're seeing we are not laughing because we think it's funny for a bunch of white people to get beaten up on we're laughing because turnabout is fair play and yep. there's a lot of deep wounds here there's a lot of yeah. deep wounds all right that's all i got on uh on this well i hope uh, these uh i hope these three um, white guys are held accountable i don't think they've actually been formally charged with anything um, i don't think so either i don't think any i don't yeah. think anybody has been um and yeah. it's yeah so um yeah it was it was a whole thing um all right what else what else we got go oh sorry i got i just thought of something for our good news at the end we will have some good news at the end please remind me of a thing that it's not in there i'm not okay. gonna put it in because i want to see your real-time reaction to this <laughs> okay. this is a person this is a personal thing that i'm so excited oh. about okay so let's let's try um, to remember 
All right. Okay. I'll try to remember. So the uh, the next thing I want to, the headline I want to uh, share is particularly close to my heart because as a, a woman who's larger, who's not, you know, normative, um, you know, size or shape or height within our culture is uh, a black female employee at Costco was body shamed. Um, she was wearing the appropriate work attire, but was body shamed for how she looked in that attire. So, um, and it was, um, you know, she's, she even, she was called into the office and, um, and even though she had on the right, you know, shirt and the right pants that she could buy at Costco. Um, they, you know, and she said to management, I'm in my, I'm in dress code. Um, and they're, they're, they just made it her fault that she didn't look, um, she didn't look correct. She didn't look right in their clothing, like, because you could see her shape. You could see her shape. You could see her breasts. You could see her butt, her hips. You know, she's curvy. Um, yeah. And management just said that she, um, uh, that, you know, she shouldn't be wearing it, that she didn't look okay in it. And she's like, well, this is what you told me to wear. And they just didn't think that her body shape was suitable for the clothing. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't, yeah. Even though she's it, in dress code. It, 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 it never, it never ends. It never ends. It's, and we, so we, I mean, we talk about intersectionality, right? This is, this is both, uh, we got, we got, I wouldn't even call it fat shaming because I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the pictures of her and there's nothing fat about her at all. This is just the shape of her body, but let's, let's just say what it is. She's not, you know, your, your stick figure petite no. person. So, so we got the body shaming, we got fat shaming, we got the impossible double standards that women are supposed to uh, follow because um, um, one of the things she says is um, um, because the men keep looking at me, yeah, I, I have to come to work in bigger clothes because the men keep looking at me. So she's being punished and made to change her behavior because the men that walk into uh what is this the costco can't behave themselves appropriately long the live same, the patriarchy it's, it's, <laughs> yes well it's exactly the same thing when a woman is raped and men ask what were you wearing were you drinking where were you hanging out like did you say something or i mean it's exactly the same thing yeah yeah it is it is it is horrific it is horrific um, in other um, potentially horrific things, the same organization that brought the case that ended in the um, affirmative action ruling by the Supreme Court is now bringing another lawsuit targeting a contest by Fearless Fund. Um, Fearless Fund is this organization that grants um, um, what do you call it? Um, I guess gives grants or, or um, yeah, $20,000 yeah. grants and to black women who own small businesses, um, in, including digital tools to help them build their companies, mentorship opportunities. Um, this, is, this is in partnership with the MasterCard organization. And the 
one of the founders of this organization is Keisha Knight Pulliam. You may not recognize that name, but that was Little Rudy on, on Little Rudy Huxtable on the Cosby Show. Um, and again, the so the group, because it is targeted to help Black women, you gotta be a Black woman to apply. And right. this same group, led by Edward Bloom, two guesses as to the his complexion, um, has decided <laughs> that they, they want to sue this organization for violating uh, the same section 1981 of the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which prohibits racial discrimination in private contracts. So to recap, so to recap, for decades and decades and generations, um, money to aid Black women, Black businesses, but even more specifically, Black men's businesses led by Black women has been denied. So a group of people decided we're going to give them some financial opportunities. And along comes a white organization that says that's not fair. And I don't know where to go with that. It's help, he, yeah, help, they, help, help they, me out here. They, well, they helped, um, you know, bring down affirmative action, um, you know, at the Supreme Court. And I, I you know, kind of my brow kind of crinkles when they talk about when they pull up this, you know, section, uh, section 1981 of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 that prohibits racial discrimination in private contracts. And I think to myself, okay, let's pause for a moment. Maybe you don't understand racial discrimination and the direction of racial no. discrimination. Clearly you can't, not. you can't, <laughs> racism isn't a, a two-way street. Um, so to, to say that it's, uh, Racial discrimination is you're saying it, racial discrimination against white people because Fearless Fund takes applications from black women. And um, so I, I just I'm like, OK, Edward Bloom and your you know, conservative racist organization, maybe we need to have a little, you know, DEI 101 <laughs> in terms of ra what racial discrimination means. Uh, uh, DEI 100. Like, I mean, okay. we, we got to take, take it back a step for him. I, what is happening in this world right now? Yeah. You know, this is, this is unreal. This is unreal. And why do, and why do you, it's $20,000. Like, why do you care? Like, why is it so wrong to, to uplift black women? Like what, what is like, that's, yeah. you have that kind this, of time in your day. And, and again, and it's not like they aren't, other grant opportunities available to any other woman yeah. man of any race. It's not like this is the only, uh, you know, opportunity for people to have business grants. So it is it is interesting. Um, and uh, that word interesting is doing a lot of heavy lifting that this is what they this is what they come come after. Um, and, and it's it the is, first of many that this Edward Bloom guy is going to file, first of many lawsuits he's going to file, um, to contest any kind of race-based corporate practices. Well, so. as, we've, as we've seen from what happened with the affirmative action case, now folks are coming after legacy admissions, right? right. Which is, I think, a good thing. So ultimately, um, I don't know how, I don't know when, 
but ultimately this is gonna this is gonna be a turnaround um, um, for them as well. So who 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 knows what's gonna happen? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of, I guess turnarounds. Um, the I think this is the final former police officer uh, involved in the murder of George Floyd was convicted. Um, to four years and nine months, almost five years, um, for his role in the killing of George Floyd. Um, this was the guy, his name, what is his name again? Uh, Tu uh, Tao. He was the one who kind of like held the crowd back and didn't allow anyone to come in and offer aid to um, Floyd as he was being suffocated. Um, so he was sent yeah, to... Uh guilty of one count of aiding and abetting manslaughter in the second degree for his role in the murder. Yes. Um, and I, I, when he apparently um, spoke at the trial, um, I remember hearing about him saying a lot of things about his Christian faith. And, and I'm not saying this as a, as a assault on Christianity in any way, shape or form. But he talked about how important his religion was to him. He talked about he didn't intend to hurt anyone. Um, he was just doing what he thought he was supposed to do, all of that, all of that. And one of the things the judge said to him three years later, I was I was expecting a little more remorse from you. And yeah. yep, didn't didn't find it. So yep. Um, the wheels of justice turn slowly, and I wouldn't even call it justice, just just accountability. Um yeah as as well um well and, and it, you know he's he's the one that was filming you know and and he he's he had been trained to actually intervene when another officer is using excessive force and he was trained to offer medical aid, you know medical aid or you know mm -hmm. um and didn't do any of that um like uh, you know so, you know, wave your Christian flag, but it's, you know, about as far from that as you can get. Yeah. If you're just standing yeah, yeah, yeah. there filming and and not stopping the excessive use of force. Mm. Yep. Um, this is the thing. But um, I'm, sorry, I'm glad ahead. that, I'm, no, I'm just glad that they're, you know, they've all been put in prison. Yes. Yes. They're not there long enough, in my opinion. No, no. Um, um, let's talk about Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah. So he may have gotten himself unintentionally in a little bit of hot water yeah. because um, um, if you've been following um, news about him <clears throat> not too long ago, he was um, hospitalized. He was really, really ill. Um, we were like, do we, are we on Jamie Foxx death watch what's happening? Um, he was released, uh, released from hospital. Um, and he, one of the things that he was talking about was, um, that he was upset about was that there were people close to him who were spreading rumors about what was going on with him while he was recovering and stuff like that, because um, you know um, the, the tabloids love to pay people to get inside scoop on celebrities and politicians and all the things. Well, um, especially when they when the celebrity, like in this case Jamie Foxx, 
you know, says vague things, like it's still not my business, but when you say something, you know, that his experience, he said he made it known publicly that what he was experiencing took him to hell and back. So right. um, nobody can really know what the heck that means. And in, in lieu of not knowing, you know, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And, you know, and before you know it, you know, all of a sudden it's real, you know. Exactly. Not. And one of the things he said that caused a stir was that they killed this dude named Jesus. And um, many took that to be an anti-Semitic comment and ran with it. And as he he apologized, but as he later disclosed after his apology, like that was not what he was talking about at all. He was talking about uh, backstabbers, those who betray yeah. you, you know. So it was more of, I guess, an allusion to Judas. <laughs> Uh, maybe even to Peter who denied him. It was about people who you thought were being close to you um, betraying you. It was not yeah. the it was not the common um, and unfortunate anti-Semitic um, uh, thread that quote unquote the Jews killed Jesus. So right. that's that's a whole that's a whole thing in of, in and of itself, um, and it's a thing that pits. Um, Jewish folk against black folk a lot of times, right? And I always have to remind people, no, it was the state of Rome that killed Jesus. We always seem to lose that point in the thread. It was the state of Rome. Now, you read the Gospels and you argue, yes, the Jewish religious authorities didn't want Jesus around because he was basically calling them out for not living the scriptures that they love to quote, but we have to remember the bigger picture. They were in a place that was occupied, that was colonized, and they had the wherewithal to invite Rome into this fiasco. And ultimately, yes, it was Rome who did the execution. It was Rome who did the killing. It was so, so we we lose we lose that thread we lose that thread um in terms of oh. when it comes to to jesus's death and i think yes. that it's one of those things where we where we where we end up pitting two groups of people who have been um generationally and historically oppressed vilified murdered displaced against each other which yeah very very white supremacy like to do yeah well it's it's the so when you talk about you know jesus and that story and and you know who did the crucifying it's what most people think today is that it was the jews but um they're taking it out of cultural context and in this case i would imagine it's the same thing you know as you said you know jamie fox apologized um that you know could have used different words um, but when he says they, you know, or our, he's referring to black people. Um, and so there's this missing cultural context um, and, you know, him being attacked for uh, before giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah. In, in what our means or they. Uh, so, but I understand, I, I mean, I, I certainly can, I can see both sides um, and, you know, the, 
I, I also, you know, look at we, you know, we say this all the time about the mistakes we make in our language, um, you know, in the words that we say that, um, oh, like, um, and everybody does it. Uh, everybody uses, oh, I should have, I should have used, I shouldn't have said maybe homeless, right? I, you know, unsheltered or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, even, um, you know, you don't say colored folks, you know, um, you know, there's just a lot of language and vocabulary that, that everybody is still learning. And just, and, you know, I also got to put people in their context, you know, if the man has been to hell and back, then um, me personally, I got to give some leeway on exactly what he meant, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that they, if you say, if he says they killed this dude named Jesus, what do you think they'll do to you? Um, You know, uh, I just, I look at character, um, you know, and how has he actually been and a benefit of the doubt. And, and I can see how if, if the narrative that you know, the story that you've been taught is that the Jews killed Jesus, then they, you know, very easily could be anti-Semitic. So um, just think it's unfortunate. Yeah, um, it is. It is unfortunate. Uh, What is also unfortunate is this brutally hot summer. If you uh, think it's been toasty, you're not been wrong. Uh, Some heat records have been broken. They said June was the hottest month of the year and July said, hold my bear and July rolled in and was even hotter. And um, I think it was like, I don't know, in Phoenix, wouldn't it like triple digits for like two weeks in a row or something ridiculous like that? Even longer. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, The um, Jeff Goodell, author of The Heat Will Kill You First, um, he's an award winning climate journalist has basically said that um, racism is at the heart of US failure to tackle deadly heat waves. And um, this is a white man, so good for you for getting your people. But this thought of, and we've spoken about this when we spoke about environmental justice, because mm-hmm. because um, the effects of um, climate change will disproportionately and initially affect people of color um, and why because these are mostly the people who are doing the uh the backbreaking work of in agriculture these are people who are generally um out working uh, when people can be in the shade these are yep. uh these are people who yep. tend to li- live again in um, housing that may not have air condition in not places because yeah. of or just unsheltered economic status or unsheltered uh, folks um, and um, he's they're saying ex- there's they're expendable they're expendable they're expendable yeah. and we saw this during COVID right when yeah. we when we were praising the uh, we didn't call them expendable we called them um, um, what do we call the people who kept on working um, and delivering food and we're on the oh uh, the um uh what was the term that we used oh god I know exactly oh. it's on the tip of my tongue yep middle-aged um, man middle-aged I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember anything anyways uh yeah 
the uh they weren't indispensable there was a phrase help us out people help us out um anyways <laughs> now we have to go um, google it now we have to go google it and yes and we were all and some of us were like no 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 these people are expendable these are the people who are are in are the gig economy workers these are the people who have no choice but to work because if they don't work today they don't eat tomorrow or they don't pay rent at the end of the month or yeah. or they don't get the life-saving medicine they need so it's like yeah they were they were expendable uh, because you know if for some reason one of them got COVID and died which was why initially so many more black and brown people were getting COVID um and people were talking like what's the health and genetic makeup no because they're out there and they can't afford not to work and this is the same thing happening here with with the climate change um and so um essential essential that's what it were I knew it was an e-word essential workers um as distinguished from you know our our nurses and our doctors um people were just calling all the folks who were delivering food and who were who were picking up the groceries and the instacart and, and yeah. bringing new things to your homes um those yep. people were considered essential workers and what we really meant was that they were uh expendable um yeah so um basically his book um uh, again called the heat will kill you first um really really again makes this case that because of a lot of just ridiculous stereotypes about black and brown people being better able to handle the heat no one's um the the powers that be aren't doing as much as they can to uh really enact um climate change policies um well and in some cases the exact opposite like governor greg abbott in texas who signs legislation that prohibits a city or county uh, in the state from passing laws that require shade and water breaks for outdoor workers. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a mess. Yeah. So if you're working on a farm or construction, you know, migrant worker, you're, you know, so me as, you know, owner of my business or farm or whatever, I'm not allowed to, um, you know, give you shade and water breaks, or even, you know, beyond that, a, a county is is not allowed to pass a law that requires us to be human, right? <laughs> that requires us to protect vulnerable people. Like, God forbid we do that. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, also other racist assumptions on people, I had not heard about this. And when I read it, I was like, oh, my God, this are we, oh, are the we Southwest Airlines thing? The Southwest Airlines yeah. thing. Um, a white mother was accused of trafficking her biracial daughter as the two were flying um, by Southwest in 2021. She's suing the airlines over racial discrimination. So according to the suit, a Southwest employee notified Denver police to report uh, the mom, Mary McCarthy, on suspected child trafficking, quote, for no reason other than the different color of a daughter's skin from her own. There was no basis to believe that Ms. McCarthy was trafficking her daughter, and the only basis for the Southwest employee's call was the belief that Mrs. McCarthy's daughter could not possibly be her daughter because she is a biracial child. Wow. Uh, the yeah. suit further added that Denver authorities confronted 
uh, McCarthy and her daughter at the airport and stated that they were handed information that she was suspected of a child trafficking because she was white and her daughter was biracial. What the actual hell? Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, this is and, not. <laughs> and this is really hitting me because, because you know, uh, mm. I was married to someone who was white and our daughter's biracial and they've traveled together on their own planes plenty of times. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my God. That what, like, I, I don't even know how you make that leap, you know, the, assuming that this is child trafficking. So, um, so I'm, I'm reading down the article and she said, um, and it said the flight attendants were concerned about the behavior when she boarded the aircraft and it's their policy to follow up on claims because her daughter was crying. Oh my God. Listen, y'all, I bet it wasn't a parent who made this complaint. <laughs> no, but this is going to get ugly because she's just he, filed the oh suit in, last week. Um, but she's yeah. uh, she's seeking damages, and the the article didn't say what. But this is going to be, I mean, yeah, yeah. This Let's, is not going to be good for Southwest. Oh, jeez, and that's my airline too, man. I get down with Southwest. Yeah. So I don't know. This is this is the whole thing. Um, let's do a little good news, um, yeah. and we're gonna lead off with some good news in politics, which is not a thing you hear often. Um, but, um, this good news takes us to Michigan and Minnesota who have, um, democratic led government, state governments, and they are doing some good shit with yep. their power. We talking gun safety packages, expanded voting rights, free meals for students, increased protections for abortion rights and LGBTQ plus uh, people um, that they're putting into that they're putting into law. Um, and other states are are looking at this and going like, okay, we should we gotta we gotta step it up when when Democrats yep. get um, get into the house. And again, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is this is gonna be framed as the quote unquote liberal agenda. And I like to remind people of the things I just named. Gun safety packages. What is the leading cause of death in children uh, of young adults in the US? Guns. All right. So that's a life saving measure that will affect everyone, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of your race, regardless of yeah. your gender. This is going to save lives. Free meals for all students. I don't know, but last I checked, uh, and I haven't worked in a school for a little while, but when I was working in school, uh, children of all color, of all genders, were on the free or reduced uh, meal plans um, in schools. For some kids, that was like the only full meal that they had uh, right. for the day. So more free meals for students. I don't, I don't see what's the, what's the problem uh, with that. Um, increased protections for abortion rights. If we're seeing left, right, and center, um, the help, the abortion care that's been uh, stripped away in states is leading to some horrendous, horrendous um, stories and life events in um, with with people who can have children, and 
uh, it's beginning to dawn on some folks, oh, wait, abortion really is healthcare. Duh. Right. Um, yeah. And, and again, this this protects all people because it doesn't matter what political party you align with. If you go in and you have serious complications with your pregnancy and you need to have an, ab- an abortion for any reason, um, then you now will be able to have one regardless of your political affiliation. I will always say this. I feel like it's kind of like stating the obvious to say this. But I'll say it again, because abortions are legal does not mean you have to have one. Right, right. You don't want to have an yeah. abortion, you don't have to have one. But to remove that right, that health care right from millions and millions of people who can have children is just like the height of idiocy. <sighs> well, and I would say the same thing for, you know, uh, LGBTQ plus, you know, um, equity and equality, you know, like they're going to start coming back, you know, start hammering on same-sex marriage and like, okay, if you're opposed to it, then don't have one. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Michigan alone. (laughs) Yeah. Michigan is leading on labor rights. The state became the first in nearly 60 years to repeal a union restricting law known as right to work that was passed over a decade ago by Republican control legislature. So, yeah, good stuff is happening with the Michigan Democrats. Go Michigan. Um, yeah, and, and, and good stuff in Wisconsin. They finally have flipped the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. So there's a yes. lot of, they have the worst maps, the worst gerrymandered maps of any state in the country. Uh, and so that's going to that's gonna be shifting right quick. And it's going on in Alabama, and it's going on in Louisiana, and it's going on in Texas. It's there is good stuff coming. It just it's taken a little while. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, Other good news coming down uh, in October in the state, in the city of Snellville, Georgia, the 14th annual original Collard Greens Festival. Celebrating culture, history and traditional African-American food. They just need to start calling it American food, because honestly, um, you watched that documentary, um, um, right? Hog, um, was it Hog Wild, Wild on the Hog? Yeah, yeah. Something, something. Ho- high yeah. on the Hog. High on the Hog. There you go. Yeah. I knew there was there was a hog in there somewhere. Um, high on the Hog. You realize <laughs> that the vast majority of America, what they call American food, comes from the from, from the Black community. Um, right. Anyways, um, so if you are in the region of Snellville, Georgia, on October 7th, 2023, head over to the Promised Land. I love this, what it's called, the Promised Land <laughs> in Snellville, Georgia, uh, for this for this, for this this festival. Yes. They, they even have collard green ice cream. Oh, my God. Now, listen, listen, I want to I'm not a collard heart. green gal. Neither am I. Neither am I. And you can get away with it because you're white, but but there's right. a lot of ex, there's a lot of expectation of me as a black man to like collard greens. Truth of the matter is, yeah. I don't like I don't like most vegetables. So it ain't anything. Remember, black people are not a monolith. Uh, it's okay. No. Um, and this is beautiful. I love, but this, I just sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say uh, uh, the festival is being held at a place that used to be a slave work uh, plantation, and now. Um, their their descendants are are here creating wellness and stability programs that yeah. um, are helping them thrive. This is a beautiful thing. Yep. 
that's what I was thinking of that I, you know, I actually wish I lived closer because I would, I would go. Um, and because uh, I just, I don't like collard greens, but I love the idea of it. And I would have to taste collard green ice cream. I would have to at least say I've tasted it. Um, there but go. there's just, but I love, I love food festivals and I, um, and cultural festivals because there is the, you just, you don't know what you don't know. And, um, exactly. and that, especially when it comes to food, like food and music, we just, there's so much that, um, in the U S that we don't know the roots, you know, of, of, uh, what we're eating or the music we're listening to or dancing to. Um, so I, I really wish I lived closer cause I'd go. Um, and speaking of what you don't know and food products and tying back to our last episode of, uh, reminding you that August is black business month. So support some black businesses, uh, shout out to Michelle Watson, the founder and CEO of ingenuity. Um, a black owned line of organic tea products. So uh, Michelle was born and raised in Grenada, one of the uh, neighboring islands where I grew up from Barbados. Um, and it was a British colony. And before moving to Panama, uh, she remembers that her grandmother used to um, have this deep love of English tea, have her cup of tea in the afternoon as, you know, total British assimilation happened. My grandmother was the same way. It would be hot mm. and humid, no fans on, and my grandmother's begging for a cup of hot tea at three in the afternoon. What are you doing? <laughs> not even, not iced tea, y'all, hot tea. Hot yep. Lipton tea, yep. yeah, with milk and sugar, uh, because because British assimilation, right? Colonialism. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so she is um, uh, based on her grandmother's love for tea and some of her grandmother's original recipes. She's created this uh, uh, line of organic tea products. So please check out, you know, they're not, they're not, we're, we're giving them a free plug. We're giving them the, yeah. what we call the Project Santos bump. Um, ingenuity, I N G G, I can spell I N G E N U I T E A, ingenuity. And the website is ingenuityandspice.com. Um, we'll put the links in the show notes. Um, um, and, and support. And support her um and whatever products you can find okay the suspense is killing me what's the other good news oh my god I, would you believe i forgot about it all right <laughs> sorry um i um i went to ingenuity um and spice.com and i think you can order yeah you can order this stuff online and have it have it shipped to you yeah so all right you don't you don't you don't even you don't need to look for it in your store. You can buy it online. Ingenuity. Go buy it. Um, so yesterday, yesterday, out of the blue, I get a message from my mom that says, wait, I got to pull it up and read it because it's so good. It is so good. <laughs> I never thought this day would come. I never thought this day would come. My mom says, hi, I read about medical marijuana being used to help with memory loss associated with aging. I watched last night clinics in the US where old people's lives were completely turned around after using medical marijuana. Oh my gosh. And my response was with a laugh face emoji, I respond, we'll smoke a joint together when I come down. And as soon as I wrote that and sent it, the phone rang. It was my mom calling. 
it was my mom calling and it was she was all like nope not doing it because it is illegal it's illegal in barbados so we're not we're not gonna do it here and i'm like mm, there are ways there are ways you know I, there's some I, gummies I've, I've indulged when I was there. So so this so we end up in this really long conversation around marijuana use, right? And, wow. And she's like, I don't want to smoke because the smoke will destroy your lungs. It's like, that's all right. I got gummies. I use gummies. In fact, I was just high on a gummy most of Sunday. Um, so um, I got some good gummies. I won't try to sneak them in the island for you. But maybe if you come here, when you come here to travel um, and come to the States, we'll get you some, we'll get you some marijuana. And she's like, well, will it be under a doctor's prescription? I'm like, listen, here's the thing with medical marijuana. They basically <laughs> just give you a dose and ask you how you feel a few days later. Was it too strong? Did you need more? Did you feel calm? Did you feel better? You know, did it reduce your pain? All the things. So it's not like there's an exact science of, you know, take 10 milligrams of this and, you, you know, dementia yeah, goes away. It's like when you take, you know, Motrin or something. You don't know. Exactly. Do I need 200 exactly. milligrams, 600? Exactly. You just try it out. Exactly. So, so, and I'm not, so now I need to do the medical disclaimer. <laughs> exactly. I'm not We're prescribing. Not. I'm not a health practitioner. No, yeah. but, but as a user, I highly recommend it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I'll say. So we have this long discussion. Now, what's it, what interesting side note. So my grandfather died in 20, want to say 17, or was he 16? I forget. Um, and, the reason I forget was this was a period of time starting 2015 basically somebody close to me died every year for the next like four or five years so it's easy to sometimes kind of lose track of who died when but um, I think 2016 he he passed before my grandmother um, so he passed and he had like severe dementia Alzheimer's all the things associated with it and when he was mm -hmm. first diagnosed there were some friends of my mom's who were telling her you should give him you should give him some pot give him some weed and my mother was like that's just ridiculous like mm -hmm. why would i do that to him now and it's illegal and all the things and now she's telling me about this and and even willing to try and then when i said when i said to her like you know i don't i don't eat an edible every day i don't smoke every day but yeah i do i do imbibe and she goes is that for medical reasons? I said, no, I ain't by because it helps me relax, helps me sleep better. I like the feeling of when I'm when I'm high. Um, and then my mother, there's a pause, and then my mother goes, Well, you're on the right track. And I I was like, wait, what? What is happening right now? Am I high right now? Did I take a gummy and forget? Right, what right. Is, what is what is happening? What was in that gummy? Seriously, am I still feeling the gummy from the day before? Like, what is happening? So a yeah. little mescaline gummy. <laughs> so apparently my mom wants to get into the weed now and I am here for it. I can't oh wait gosh. to see her eye. Oh my goodness. I mean, wow. cause she's a woman who generally lives in a sober state of anger. So I'm assuming yeah. that the opposite will happen when she's high. Maybe hopefully wow. fingers crossed. It doesn't exacerbate who she, you know, amplify who she is, but right. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. So we got to get her to the states as quickly as possible. Or you could. It, so I'm. I mean, I'm. I know it's illegal in Barbados. You just said that, but I'm sure people. Oh are yeah, buying oh, and selling. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. So my my my. Okay. So this is my sneaky way around that. Is like to ask her. Might piss her off, but ask her. So mom, in all the time that you've owned this bakery, has everything been above board? <laughs> 
Yeah, we're not, we're not going there. I'm trying to encourage her. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is in, So this is the same kind of thing, Mom. Like, you well, don't have to wait. And, and the truth is, even though it is still very illegal in Barbados, there's that sort of like informal decriminalization. So like you have like yeah. a small, you know, amount, a, a small joint or something like police are not going to drag you in and book you and all that, you know, right. unless you, you know, mouth off to them. Um, so there's so, so there's a little bit of that informal decriminalization. There are actually talks going on now between health practitioners and the government to uh, legalize start with legalizing medical marijuana uh, in Barbados. So so they're they're making some making some steps yeah. to towards that. But but the fact that my mom is the one wow. who's like, yes, I want to try. Yeah. yeah, maybe that stroke she had really did cross some wires in the brain. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's yes, hope I, so. I think. Let's hope so. <laughs> Does that sound mean? Oh my god! Uh, you know, listen, listen. I I'm allowed to make fun of my mom and her stroke. She's my mom. Yeah. It's her stroke. Right. I can do it. That's can, right. Can, We're allowed to make fun of our own parents. I can do it. Yes. Um, yes. Full full come full circle to how black people handle trauma with humor. There we go. Right. Right. River Riverfront WrestleMania. See, see what I did there? Oh my God. Anyways, all right. That's all we got for the news and the headlines uh today. Uh thank you. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh thank you for your own deep dive in, your learning. Thank you for joining us on this journey of creating a world of love, justice, and liberation. Looking every day at yourself to ask in yourself again, not if, but how am I maintaining the systems of oppression and how can I do the work to decolonize those systems from within me and around me? Please share this podcast with your friends. If you have that one friend, again, who still doesn't know what a podcast is, you can find us online at withloveandjusticeforall.podbean.com. Head over to projectsanctus.com to make a donation to help keep the train running. And we'll see you in one of our affinity groups, first and third Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And until we meet again, Let's get our holy on.